Hello and welcome to the Go Gamecocks podcast, a quick and informative look into the state of South Carolina athletics, presented by the state newspaper. I am your host, Greg Hadley, and I am joined by reporter Andrew Ramsbacker for a look at one of the biggest wins in South Carolina football history, at least recent history for sure, a 20-17 double overtime win against number 3 Georgia on the road. Andrew, we were there in Athens. What a crazy, wild day that was. It was. I was, because of the nature of uh, our, our responsibilities yesterday, I was able and I'm kind of fortunate to be on the field uh, at the very end uh, to kind of see what I thought would just be the end of the fourth quarter, then had to uh, shoot some video of celebration or, or maybe some agony of defeat videos for South Carolina, had that slipped away. But I, it, it turned out to be down there for two more overtimes and extra minutes out there. And it was, it was incredible to see that Georgia fan base that was as electric and what an atmosphere that was, 92,000 fans and kind of their swing of emotions and be there on South Carolina's sideline and to see them celebrate when that Blankenship field goal sailed by the uprights and just an unthinkable moment for South Carolina. You know, a 21 and a half point underdog that no one gave him a shot. And Will Muschamp said it afterward that the only people that, that thought they could win that game were the players, the coaches, athletic director Ray Tanner, and then eventually he added President Bob Caslin. He made sure that he got all his bosses in line there. And Bob Caslin and, and, and Ray Tanner actually were, were close by where I was standing. And Ray Tanner the whole time was pacing through the overtimes. He had a Gatorade cup in his hand and could not stand still. And uh, Bob Caslin, a, a former football player himself, a guy who's still in pretty good shape, maybe could suit up. Looked like he wanted to be out there on the field. He was kind of kneeled down in an intense kind of stance the whole time. And just the relief and the joy they showed after that was something else. And obviously we've seen now the images and heard from Will Muschamp. And, you know, he said afterwards it wasn't about him, a guy who came back to Georgia, got the biggest win maybe of his coaching career at his alma mater. He said it wasn't about him. Uh, he might not admit it. This had a special meaning to him yesterday for a variety of reasons. Yeah, you wrote a column about this that I thought was very interesting. I mean, there's no denying this is the defining win in Will Muschamp's tenure at South Carolina to date. He's lost 11 straight to ranked opponents. You know, that's been a big knock on him throughout his tenure. They defeated one Tennessee-ranked team. But besides that, he's really struggled against those top opponents. And they come in and they get this. I mean, the players especially seem to recognize, you know, this is major. This is really major. Yeah, it's one thing when you coach in the SEC and if there's a knock on you that you don't have that marquee win. The nature of the SEC schedule gives you plenty of opportunities to get one eventually. But after you lose 11 straight, you're not as optimistic, I don't think, anymore about Muschamp finally landing one of these marquee wins. Certainly not at Georgia. (laughs) Not at number three Georgia. Maybe hosting Florida the next week. People circled that one. Maybe that game against Texas A&M if they're into the top 25 that late in the year. Those are maybe more winnable. Winning at Georgia was unthinkable. The spread said so going into it. And you think about the last three weeks for Will Muschamp in the South Carolina program. Losing at Missouri by 20 points to fall to 1-3. and three, And your next two games are Kentucky, and then a bye week, and then Georgia. Kentucky hadn't won in five years, right? It's the dreaded streak everyone hates talking about. And then to play Georgia, a team that has taken that, that next step and has kind of been the kings of the SEC East here the last couple of years with, with Kirby Smart, a team with national championship aspirations. You were seriously looking at 1-5. and five. And what is the future for Will Muschamp if he is 1-5? With the back end of the schedule, it doesn't really lighten up. You still have Clemson out there. You still have Texas mm-hmm, A&M. Mm-hmm. You still have a lot of tough games. And a bowl game was not possible, it didn't seem like. 
Now that bowl game is not only possible, they have a chance to maybe get seven or eight wins. Who knows? I mean, maybe this is the season changer. And to beat Kentucky is one thing. You got that monkey off your back because Kentucky had been that thorn in your side. In reality, if you take away the history of it, South Carolina was better than Kentucky. That Kentucky yeah, team was, yeah. was, was down. This wasn't the Benny Snell Kentucky team of a year ago. Not as much talent on that team. Certainly, they had a serious quarterback issue with injuries and things of that nature. And, and South Carolina, to their credit, took advantage and won that game handily. But then you got the bye week, and then you have going to Georgia. And fans were happy about beating Kentucky. I don't think any fan saw that Kentucky performance and said, oh, okay, now we're going to beat Georgia, right? Only the, the most diehard of diehards. The most diehard fans were that encouraged by that result. And not only did they do it, they did it with a quarterback getting hurt early on in the third quarter. Um, they did it by shutting down one of the most – stable, poised quarterbacks in America in Jake Fromm and rattling the heck out of him. They did it in ways that if Will Muschamp had to make his perfect team what it would look like, it's going to look like something like these last two results. Defense, hang on to the ball offensively, don't make any stupid mistakes, run the ball, control the clock, things like that. This is Will Muschamp football. And you saw it against Kentucky with a convincing win, and you see it against Georgia with a huge upset. And this was huge for his future. There's no doubt about it. The players talked about it. Javon Kinlaw, the older guys, Brian Edwards, this one was for Coach Champ. They said it in the post game. They knew what this meant, not only to this team in 2019, but to Will Muschamp's future. And there was a lot of relief, a lot of joy in that locker room. You've seen some videos, some cigars. The hedges say, were in cigars, there. They're ripping out the hedges. They're ripping out the hedges from Georgia, you know, from Sanford Stadium there. And, and yeah, I mean, for a, a win on the second uh, Saturday in October, um, this felt a little more than that for this program, particularly that coach. Okay, you say all that, and I would go maybe a step further, and just for argument's sake, say this this might be the biggest win in South Carolina program history. I think the the comparison a lot of people are making is when they – upset number one Alabama at home in 2010. I would say, you know, that South Carolina team was, I think, a touchdown underdog. They were a top 25 team. It was certainly a shocking result, but that was a very good team that was expected to at least be competitive. This was supposed to be just a cakewalk. I think I looked at all the predictions from all the Columbia-based outlets. No one had South Carolina winning. So I would go so far as to say this is, at least in recent history, the biggest South Carolina football win of all time. Yeah, my argument against that, well, first of all, I'll say this is probably, and we can probably find statistical data that, that, that proves this, this is the biggest upset, I would say, in recent South Carolina history, and maybe just ever in South Carolina football. When you consider all the obstacles they were facing them on the road against number three Georgia, all these things we've already talked about. Biggest win, the reason why I don't want to say I don't want to go that far, particularly in comparison to the 2010 Alabama win, I look at the totality of the moment, right? And who knows? We might, my opinion might change on this about how big this win is. Because if South Carolina goes on this run and wins the SEC East or something, well, maybe then you look back and say, yeah, this was the biggest win. The thing about 2010 was, yes, it knocked off Alabama. That Alabama team had won 19 straight games, okay? They had Mark Ingram and Trent Richardson in their backfield. They had Julio Jones. They had, and that team, you look back and the number of first-round picks that came off that roster was huge. South Carolina not only beat Alabama that day and ended that win streak, they went on to win the SEC East Division. 
So it was it was a win that had meaning not only on that Saturday, but lasted the rest of the year and propelled South Carolina to its only SEC East Division title. Uh, this is why I still lean that side. This was a great upset. Don't get me okay. wrong. Okay. All right. Here, but I'm going to take you one further. You said the Alabama win had an impact that lasted to the end of the season. Mm-hmm. I think this could have impact for, you know, more than just the season because, like you said, we were looking at maybe 1-5, and 2-4 and four for Will Muschamp. Now they're 3-3 three and three looking at a potential bowl game. This could give him an extra season or two. You could give him an extra season or two, but what if he turns around next year and goes 5-7? and seven? It still <laughs> alters the trajectory of the program. <laughs> right. I mean, if Will Muschamp goes on, if he uses this and they, they get to a bowl, they have a good year this year, and then next year it just goes into a stratosphere right and they're and they're championship contenders then yeah I, I think I think it's it's too early in the moment to figure out how important this win is to put it ahead of something like 2010 Alabama and people also have brought up by I mean, the way that's fair that's fair. also in 2010 and others have, have have talked about this they went on the road and beat Florida at Florida which was a huge deal for Steve Spurrier and that program at that time and that clinched them the SEC East some might even say that was a bigger win than what happened yesterday. Just again, it, it's it's all about significance. I think if you take out the significance and just say South Carolina won at number three Georgia, it's hard to argue this one. Um, it really is. But future ramifications, it's still kind of to be determined, and we'll see what happens. Certainly, we know what happened going into it, right? This mm-hmm. was a huge mm-hmm. underdog, and they pulled off this win. Now, the next couple months, I think, will determine just where this win maybe should rank all time. Yeah, I mean, regardless, it's a fun fun exercise. It is. Hey there. Like what you hear? Good news. You can help ensure the state continues making journalism you love to read, watch, and listen to. If you're more into sports than news, you'd probably like our Sports Pass membership, which gives you access to unlimited sports coverage for just $30 for the first year. Subscribe to Sports Pass at thestate.com slash sportspass. You can also read more Gamecocks news by downloading the Go Gamecocks app or by signing up for our newsletter at thestate.com slash newsletters. Thanks for supporting local journalism. Now, back to today's episode. I wanted to look also specifically, there, there are several candidates for MVP from this game. One of them's got to be Javon Kinlaw. He's credited with four tackles and one sack, but that, I mean, just completely undersells his impact. I, I mean, Georgia's stat sheet didn't record QB hurries, but if it did, I... I shudder to think of what his number would be it was I mean it seemed like he was there every single time you wrote a story about him how huge an impact did he play on this game I think he was trending toward being a first round pick anyway because of how good of a season he's he's had yesterday's performance on that stage against that offensive line rattling that quarterback I think I mean you're looking at a guy who might sneak into that top 10 top 15 I mean he's 6'6 he's over 300 pounds and it's the talent is one thing. The talent is undeniable. He's a lot. Of, he has all the physical tools, but what he showed yesterday was a motor and a determination to. I don't want to say carry that defense because there were several stars defensively, including a cornerback that had a pretty good game. But he was the heart and soul of that unit yesterday, and literally refused to get off the field. Yeah, let's take a listen real quick to what Coach Will Muschamp said about that. Well, we tried to take him out about three times, and he said, "The hell, we all went back in the game." So, I mean, have you ever seen him? He's like that big. I said, "I yeah, let him keep playing." No, we monitor that. We do monitor that, and he normally is pretty good on those situations. But you know, when competitive guys want to play, and he's a competitive guy, he wanted to play in the game, and you know, we keep trying to take him out. I said, "Hell, let him play. He's playing good." Yeah, so listening to that, I mean, like you said, 
definitely the heart and soul of this team. I, walking off the field, you were down on the field. It seemed like he was he was dragging at the end, but he he left it all out there, like he said. It literally, I mean, left it out there. Like did not have a lot of effort to walk over to the South Carolina section to sing that sing that alma mater <laughs> when it was all over. I mean, he, he put everything in there. Georgia played 95 snaps, uh, as you heard Muschamp say, or allude to. Uh, Kinlaw might have played 90 of them. Who knows? I mean, he, he was just, he was all over the place. Mukwamu, the pick six, the game-changing pick six there late in the second quarter. That doesn't happen if Kinlaw doesn't knock from as soon as he throws that ball. He was he lived in Georgia's backfield. He was a beast. There's no other way to put it. I would assume, you know, an SEC honor maybe comes his way. Um, this guy is is legitimate. Is having a great senior year. And yesterday was uh, might have been the best game of his career. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. Our colleague Ben Briner wrote an article a couple weeks back about a lesson Will Muschamp learned from New England Patriots coach Bill Belichick, and he was talking about because football offenses are so fast nowadays, edge rushers, you know, they're very important. But you just need to get interior push because there's just not enough time. And you saw that with Javon Kinlaw. I mean, he was just pushing the interior of the line. Georgia's offensive line is considered one of, if not the best offensive line in the country. And he was just completely blowing up the line of scrimmage. Yeah, he's a man-child. I mean, there was a couple of replays that you'll see. I mean, he just, that, that poor Georgia center sometimes just got knocked right into from from time to time. He, he was he was special, um, and that's a guy that, for Will Muschamp as a defensive coach, I mean, you dream about something like that, and and, and you got to get the most of him because Javon Kinlaws don't come around that often. I mean, to be that big and to have that ability is pretty special, and uh, he is he's kind of setting his legacy here going to the second half of his senior season. And you alluded to a cornerback that had another big day against Georgia. That that would be sophomore Israel Mukwamu. Three picks, 11 tackles, named National Defensive Player of the Week. I mean, Javon Kinlaw obviously disrupted the line of scrimmage, but Jake Fromm had come into this game, Georgia's quarterback, had thrown no picks all year long. Famously poised, controlled, Coach Will Muschamp had noted that multiple times in the run-up to the game, and he just completely blew that up. Yeah, think about the, the stages and the venues and the spotlight games Jake Fromm has played in. I mean, his freshman year in the college football playoff, the semifinal game was in the Rose Bowl. And then he plays in the national championship game when they lose to Alabama. He's been in the SEC championship game. He just played spectacularly and flawlessly down the stretch against Notre Dame in, in Sanford Stadium. I mean, there's not a lot that you can do to rattle Jake Fromm, a three-year starter for Georgia. And between Kinlaw and that South Carolina secondary, he he looked ordinary. He looked very ordinary. And, and I know there was talk going in about, you know, kind of the, the reputation, quote unquote, of, a, of being a game manager. And I'm not saying he is, but, but but when you say game manager, that's a guy who doesn't make mistakes, by the way. I right. mean, doesn't yeah. take a lot of chance, but doesn't make mistakes. And, and coaches will take that every day because, you know, especially a coach like Kirby Smart, who's defensive minded, he never puts his defense in a bad spot. Not only did Jake Fromm put his defense in a bad spot yesterday, he gave points to South Carolina from when he was on the field with the pick six. And, I mean, four turnovers, it will never happen again in Jake Fromm's career. I mean, certainly he doesn't have a whole lot of games left. Uh, he might leave for the NFL after this year. And even if he comes back as a senior, he's not going to have four turnovers a game the rest of his career. I can, I can get, assure you of that. So that tells you how much that defensive line rattled him. That tells you how much the South Carolina secondary played a role there. And, and you talked about Ben's article on Belichick and interior tackles and their mm-hmm. importance down today's NFL. What about a 6'4 corner? <laughs> I mean, he coming in, I remember interviewing him when he was a high school senior. He was talking about all these teams and all these people were saying, why don't you play safety? You got the body of a safety. 
He comes in as a corner, and, I mean, he has five interceptions now in his young career, really just taken completely to this position. Yeah, I mean, that, that's something that we're going to look back at this game, and it's going to be fun a few years from now, kind of like South Carolina, Alabama in 2010, and we're going to say how many of these guys on both rosters play in the NFL. We've talked about Javon Quinwell. Yeah, I mean, Israel Mukwamu, he's this guy's going to play on Sundays because that body type and his range and his length and certainly his ability to make plays with the five picks so far in his career, including three yesterday, that translates to the next level. That and be the future. And, yeah. and, and fortunately for South Carolina, he got him for at least one more year because he's only a sophomore. And when he gets drafted, okay, there's no doubt in, in our minds that his highlight montage on ESPN uh, will include what happened yesterday uh, yeah, because yeah. that was, a again, a special performance. It takes special performances. We talked about that Alabama game in 2010, and people still talk about how well Steven Garcia played that day. People still talk about that Alshon Jeffrey catch, Marcus Lattimore, what he did. This Georgia game, what Javon Kinlaw did, what Israel Mukwamu did, I mean, those are two guys that career-defining moments. Career-defining moments going forward. And for Ken Law, his career is about to end. You know, Mukwama is going to have a few more chances, but he's going to be tough to top what he did yesterday. Yeah. I mean, covered most of what I wanted to talk about the game. We'll look at this more going forward, but Ryan Holinsky suffered an injury, like you said, early in the third quarter. But before that, that throw to Brian Edwards, I think we just need to take a moment to appreciate. That was a gorgeous throw. Yeah, it was. He's a talent. I mean, this guy, I think his timeline got accelerated a little bit, obviously, with Jake Bentley's injury. But he knew he had the confidence and the mindset when he got here. And we've we've seen stories about it. I think Ben Briner's written about that, you know, there were times when even though Jake Bentley was here, he thought about the possibility of playing Alabama's and Georgia's right away. And so far, he's played those two nationally prominent national title contending programs and had a field day against Alabama threw for 300 plus yards and in in limited action uh, against Georgia he did what they needed him to do he had that one big drive with that beautiful pass to Brian Edwards that sparked the offense there early on and he did not turn the ball over and at the end of the day why did South Carolina win you can look at a lot of different things the fact they were plus four in turnover margin and that their quarterback, who was a freshman, and then the redshirt freshman that backed them up didn't turn the ball over. The fact they played cleaner than Jake Fromm is probably the reason why South Carolina won this game. Yeah, like you said, Will Muschamp football. I mean, the offense was not the reason they won that game, but they avoided being the reason that they lost. And, I mean, that's that's all you need. And the defense is, you know, we've seen flashes of inconsistency and, you know, they could maybe put it together. Yesterday, they put it all together. I mean, even the linebacking core, Ernest Jones led the team with 12 tackles and I think three pass breakups. I mean, every part of the defense really excelled. You know, and the defense had its bouts with adversity, too, out there. Uh, the penalties in the secondary. The game could have ended in regulation if it weren't for uh, a holding penalty on, on Jamie Robinson late in the game on a fourth down. Georgia eventually ties the game up uh, with a touchdown to send it to overtime. And But they kind of kept battling. And, you know, they were on the field for a long time. We talked about Kinlaw, but the entire defense. I mean, Georgia ran 95 plays. They piled up a lot of yards. But only 17 points. South Carolina will, will, will take that every time. And, and you know, again, the, the four turnovers, you just you, you can't beat that. The victory formula for pulling off an upset starts with, you know, who wins that turnover battle? And then are there special individual performances? And South Carolina got both of those things in, in a big way. All right. That's all the time we have for now. We'll delve more into the, the future implications of all this and the future of Ryan Holinsky's injury in Wednesday's episode, Previewing Florida. But for now, go ahead and celebrate that win, Gamecock fans. As a reminder, please subscribe and listen every Monday and Wednesday during football season.